Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17. Exempt or non-exempt? That is the question. This is your source for employer intelligence delivered straight to your brain through audio waves in seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I am your small business ally and employer brainiac and here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. The Fair Labor Standards Act, or FLSA, is the body of law that establishes the minimum wage, overtime pay, record keeping, and child labor standards. And in today's episode, we'll learn about the exempt versus non-exempt definition under the FLSA. Let's rock this. Exempt and non-exempt refers to which employees you are required to pay overtime wages to. You have to pay overtime to non-exempt employees. You don't have to pay overtime to exempt employees. Now there are several specific industries that are exempt from the overtime pay requirement under certain conditions. For example, commission sells employees of retail or service establishments, farm workers, salesmen, partsmen, mechanics, and a few others that I won't get into because I've provided a link in the show notes to the U.S. Department of Labor's webpage that explains the exemption conditions for each of these. Also, how overtime is calculated is the subject of another episode. For today, we're going to focus on what determines exempt versus non-exempt status. So other than the specific industries and jobs, there's a general exemption for bona fide executive, administrative, professional, and outside sales employees, as well as certain employees in the computer-related occupations. These apply across the board to all industries. The qualification for exemption includes a salary test and a type of work test. So first, let's talk about the salary test For the executive, admin, and professional employees, the salary must be $455 per week or more. This doesn't apply to the outside sales employees, to teachers, and employees practicing law or medicine. And for the computer-related exemption to apply, you have to pay them at least $2,763 an hour or more. Now, this is whether or not you pay them a salary or on a fee basis. So if you do pay a salary or a project fee, you still need to track the hours worked to make sure that you're paying at least the $27.63 per hour minimum. Being paid on a salary basis means that the employee is going to regularly receive a predetermined amount each pay period. And that amount cannot be reduced because of variations in either the quality or quantity of their work. They must receive their full salary for any week in which they perform work regardless of the number of days or the hours worked. If you don't do that, if you make a deduction from their salary, then that employee is not paid on a salary basis and you lose the exemption. If the employee is ready, willing, and able to work, deductions can't be made for time when work is not available. However, there are some circumstances where you can reduce the earnings for missed days, and those are in situations where they take personal time off or they're off due to sickness or disability where there's an insurance policy that's paying for that time off 
or you can take an offset for any jury or military pay that they receive while off work, or for missed days while suspended for a safety violation of major significance, or for days missed due to a good faith suspension for workplace conduct infractions. And finally, for a part of the week involving their start and term date where they didn't work. So that first work week and the last work week, if they start in the middle of the week or are terminated in the middle of the week, you don't have to pay that full salary for that week, just the days that they worked. You need to be aware of making improper deductions because that can void the exempt status. Now, there's also a safe harbor policy that you can implement to protect you from inadvertent violations, and this is a really great thing to have in place. Next is the work test, and to pass this test, the work has to be directly related to the management of the business, or it has to be directly related to the business operations or your client's operations, or the work has to require special academic training for entry into a professional field, or it must be in the computer field, or they must be making sales away from the place of business or in a recognized field of artistic or creative endeavor. But each field has its uh, specific exemption requirements. We're going to take them one at a time. For the executive exemption, the employee's duties have to be managing the enterprise or managing a customarily recognized department or subdivision, The employee must regularly direct the work of at least two or more full-time employees, or the equivalent thereof, and the employee must have the authority to hire or fire other employees, or at least to have their suggestions and recommendations uh, taken into consideration and given a particular weight. For the administrative exemption, the employee's duties must be the performance of office or non-manual work directly related to the management or general business operations. And the employee's primary duties must include the exercise of discretion and independent judgment with respect to matters of significance. For the professional exemption, the employee's primary duties must be the performance of work requiring advanced knowledge, and the advanced knowledge must be in a field of science or learning. And finally, the advanced knowledge must be customarily acquired by prolonged course of specialized intellectual instruction. For the outside sales exemption to apply, the employee's primary duty must be making sales or obtaining orders or contracts for services from your clients or customers, and they must be customarily and regularly engaged away from your place of business. For the computer-related exemption, the employee must be employed as a system analyst, a programmer, a software engineer, or some other similarly skilled position where they're performing the duties of system analysis, design, development, documentation, creation, testing, or modification of computer systems or programs. So you've heard me use terms like primary duty, discretion, and judgment, and matters of significance, and the DOL has definitions for these terms. So I've put a link in the show notes to the DOL fact sheets for each exemption so you can check those out if you need to. Now here are two other noteworthy exemptions. An employee who owns 20% equity interest in the business is considered an exempt executive as long as they are actively engaged in the management. 
and highly compensated employees who perform office or non-manual work and who are paid $100,000 or more are exempt if they customarily and regularly perform at least one of the duties of an exempt executive, administrative, or professional employee. Now, the DOL likes to remind everyone that each employment situation is evaluated on its own merits and that job titles alone aren't enough to establish exempt status. In fact, job titles have nothing to do with it. And also remember, state law may be more generous toward the employee, and in those cases, you have to go with what's more favorable to the employee. Well, there you have it. Let's recap. Under the FLSA, your employees are entitled to overtime wages for hours worked in excess of 40 per week. There's an exemption for specific jobs and industries. Conditions apply. And for executive, admin, professional, outside sales, and computer-related jobs, as long as they meet the salary and work tests. What doesn't determine exempt versus non-exempt is whether or not you decide to pay your employee a salary or to pay them hourly. Too bad it's not that simple. Well, that's a wrap. If you're enjoying this podcast, please go to iTunes and rate the show and leave me a review. I really appreciate the feedback and it helps others to find the show. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.